Hey there, my name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and Twitch, and sometimes I even upload the good bits. This is Previously Live. Hello, can you hear me? Howdy. Hiya. Um, oh, just one minute. How do I change things? Uh, are we live? Are we, li are we live right now? Or? We are live right now. Uh, yes, and um, I imagine there are a good, good few number of ways to change things. Oh, so because there's a name in the corner that's wrong. How, uh, do, how, does, how, do, how do I change that? Let me. Um, let's see. I don't know if I can change that. Let me see. Options. Re oh, rename. Um, here we go. I'll just, you know, I'll just, at, at a whim, I'll just choose a sort of a, a, a name at random. Tori Arso. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Nice. All right. I think I nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Howdy. Hey, how are you? Are you well? Just yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sleepy. My sleep schedule is trash. But apart from that, I'm doing pretty good. Okay. No, I must be. I, I, I've had, had a similar problem myself, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm getting to a point now because I'm nearly 40. Uh, the days of staying up until two o'clock in the morning and getting up at six, you know, I just can't do that anymore. Uh, there was a time, but never mind. Well, um, we had fun while we could. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy enjoy your 20s while you can, Bosch. That's all. That's the only advice I can give you, realistically. I'm damn near done with them. The advice is coming a little late. <laughs> really? Which I was going to say, oh, yeah, of course. How old are you now? You're 27, aren't you? 27, 28? 28. 28, okay. Yeah, I remember those days. It's the lamp too bright, or is it? Uh, no, I think, that... we've, I, think we've, I think we've got your visage pretty well. Um, That's all right. I'll try not to... You're identifiable. That's all right, then. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm very agreeing to speak to me again. I mean, obviously, you didn't have to. But our conversation last time was very good, so I'm just, uh, you know... Keen to have a similar one, hopefully one that's just as productive, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, we can only hope. I enjoy the last convo too. But yeah, hit me mm. up. What was uh, what was on your mind? Oh, and introduce yourself to all the fine people here. Well, hello, my name is Kendon Farr. I am TikTok famous, which is the worst kind of famous. I market myself as a conservative on TikTok because, in British terms, I am. Although in American terms, I am a dirty liberal. I um, yeah, I just so that's I just put post videos on TikTok. You can watch them, you can hate them, you can do what you like with them, really. Um, but uh, yeah, so I have no real social media presence at all. Um, I mean, you know, Vosh is definitely the the social media master at this. I'm just sort of like, I only really got into TikTok because of lockdown and everyone, all the kids at work were using it, so I went on there and uh, discovered there was a market for my kind of content. So um, that's pretty much me. Um, Everyone knows who you are, obviously, so you don't need to introduce yourself, but uh, yeah. They forget from time to time. I have to remind them. But yeah, um, you you emailed me with a couple of things you wanted to talk about, and we we settled on the trans stuff, right? Yeah, we did, yeah. Um, yeah, because the thing is, I wanted to talk to you about it, because I know that you and I disagree on this. Uh, maybe not as much as we, well, maybe we do disagree profoundly. Um, it's it's come about in recent years. I mean, I'm literally in the last two or three years in the public, public square. Um, this idea that trans women are women. And I've always maintained that they're not. They're something other than women. Um, because I believe there are profound biological and social differences between trans women and women that cannot be overcome 
uh, by changing legislation or even changing hearts and minds. Um, I'm, uh, but unfortunately, whenever this is opinion is broached or whenever anybody questions current gender theory as propagated in the press, uh, it tends to invoke a massive negative backlash. Um, and obviously, I don't think anybody's been destroyed by this backlash at all, not necessarily, but it can be um, profoundly negative and harmful. And I think there's a lot of confusion from those who receive this kind of negative response because they're not entirely certain what they've got wrong. Um, I also know that on social media platforms, if one were to express the opinion trans women are not women, there'd be a you know, blanket ban, you could lose accounts. That is fair like and valid. Would you mind pausing for a second? There's a big old spider running up my wall, and I think it's one of the more poisonous variety. Let me just nip that in the bud. Uh, just a second. Okay. Fair enough. Before people can chat, give me that whole, oh, they eat bugs. Well, so do I. <laughs> oh, it's so big. God. Oh, that's right. As long as it's actually a poisonous one and not just a harmless, you know, fly eater. I don't know why I'm making noises at the camera. I mean, hello, everybody who's watching, who's contributing to the chat. Um, I can't read anything that you Sorry about that. Give me a good spook. No, that's all right. I was just saying hello to people in the chat. I mean, whether you're praising me or hating me, it's it's fine. I can't read anything that you write. So, um, yeah, you're going to, you're going to, I, I assume there's going to be some sort of thing. They said hi, and a lot of them are making the frog who's waving at you. Oh. Is that the, the, is it the frog that I'm, I'm I'm thinking of, or is it just a general frog image? Well, it's it's no, it's 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 Peepo, right? Or or I think a poo. Peppy? Wait, which which frog is that? It's what it's one of the green Peppy frogs. The frog? Peppy the frog. Right, it's one it's one of the derivatives. Oh, I see. It, there are derivatives. I only thought there was. A, I thought I only thought there was one Peppy. No, there are there are a lot now. Yeah. Whew, oh, okay. The frogs have mutated. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was just my rambling introduction to the topic. I mean, I dare say that you can, you know, tear my arguments apart. But one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it is because I know that you disagree uh, with a lot of the points I've just made or you have ideological um, conflicts with a lot of the things I've just said. And I'm trying to work out what it is we've done wrong or what we're getting wrong, because there are an awful lot of people who sympathize with my position. That doesn't necessarily mean we're right, of course. Argumentum ad populum is a logical fallacy. but um, I do have. I do want to, to discuss this. I want. I want to discuss this with somebody who disagrees profoundly, in the hope that maybe you can correct errors in my thinking, if I want of a better phrase. Well, I'm happy to present what I believe. So, like, um, oh, okay, this this is very. This is a very broad topic. Um, yeah, it is rather I'm trying to Sorry think of how how to approach it best. Okay, historically in the West, our definition of what a man and a woman are has um, largely been a biologically derivative one, but in fairly inconsistent ways. Of course, we didn't know what chromosomes were until the 20th century. So, um, you know, it's, it's not as though we could have formed our opinions to what a man and a woman was uh, based on anything else. There have, of course, been other societies that have had different gender standards. You know, India has a legally recognized third gender. There are plenty of pre-colonial societies that had their own definitions of gender. Oftentimes, there was a separate gender category for people who were born male, who identified more with the roles of women. And that's always been a kind of um, historically recurring thing. The issue is that at the end of the day, the definitions that we choose for what a man and a woman are, are pretty arbitrary and none of them are consistent. 
biological definitions for what men and women are aren't always fully consistent, uh, in large part because there's enough variance in the biological expressiveness of males and females that you're going to have significant overlap where people will make arbitrary decisions. You also have weird issues where, and this sounds a bit outlandish, but if you take a look at, say, for example, science fiction, people don't really have any issue with referring to AI as women or robots or aliens. Or if you look at fantasy, there are fantasy races like elves or whatever, which kind of cuts a hole in the whole adult human female thing because they're not human. And you'll have, and they get referred to as women like ubiquitously, you know, like if GLaDOS, if you ever played Portal, right? I mean, literally a oh, robot. I'm not a, I'm not a gamer, but I know of Portal, yeah. Right, right, right. You know, everyone likes GLaDOS, but like no one, no one is like, ah, oh, well, that's not a she, her, that's a robot, you know, like nobody does that. Or, um, the uh, Joaquin Phoenix film, Her, you know, the AI. Uh, I haven't seen it, <laughs> sorry. Um, but I know of it, yes. Right, and well, the title of the movie is the pronoun people use to refer to the AI, which is as much a woman as any code can be, right? You know, I, I think that for the most part, people, when they use, like, language and sort of social distinction to refer to men and women, are mostly vibe-checking people. Um, it's not really a biological thing. We don't know biologically what anyone is. We can only really infer unless we have very intimate information about them. And I think that prescriptively, because all these definitions are kind of inconsistent and clouded, the best thing we can go with is a definition that hurts the fewest number of people. And given the fact that there's a pretty similar degree of arbitrariety with all these definitions, I think one where we acknowledge that man and woman, as we refer to it generally, is a, a social trend something which refers to social roles and attitudes, not biology, that's probably the one that hurts the fewest people. I don't think there's any negative externality to recognize the things that way. Okay. Um, right. Well, I've, made, I've been making notes while you've been speaking. I haven't just been staring at the bug on my own floor. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, historically, um, I, would agree, I would agree with you that historically speaking, uh, man and woman have been biological terms. Um, so, I, you know, I would have said that a man is a, a, a male adult human being and that a woman is a female adult human being um and it's true that we didn't know what chromosomes were until well deep in, you know mid halfway through the 20th century so i would concede that point the difference is though is that while there are always exceptions to that biological bifurcation the idea that there are some like i mean i've heard of chimeras for example who have xx chromosomes in their saliva but xy chromosomes in their blood uh, they're also intersex people um who are sort of a blend of two sexes um and that there are obviously foreign cultures that you've mentioned that have third gender the difference is, is that i've always considered man and woman to be sexual character uh, categories rather than gender roles so for example you can tell i mean unless you're talking about someone who is genuinely androgynous you can tell whether someone is male and female by looking at them i would argue um, at least in, in most cases, you do get instances, particularly I, I know a lot of lesbians, for example, who are rather on the butch side, as we used to say, um, who often get mistaken for men at a distance. But when you actually speak to them, if you're up close, like within two metres or, you know, a few yards of them, that you can see that they're female, even if they are do have like a, a stereotypically aggressive masculine, masculine mannerisms, for example, or they're wearing menswear, for example. Um, 
you know, um, you, I want to pick up on the point you made about AI it can be referred to as man or woman or man, you know, he or she. And as you pointed out, there's the film Her. Um, I'm, I'm going back even further. If you look at the Alien saga, which is one of my favourites, um, they have the computer's mother and father that run the ship. And mother has a female voice or feminine voice and father has a male or masculine voice. Um, when we refer to them, we refer to them as he and she because they are playing a role, effectively. They are computers. They're not... AI, it's not, we don't actually believe that that's a man or a woman, we, but they sound like one, so it's just convenient to use masculine or feminine pronouns if it's appropriate. Um, uh, vibe checking, not biological knowledge. Again, yes, I would concede vibe checking, I suppose, yes, because if we're, uh, as I say, I, I can pretty much tell most people's sex from a distance. I like to think I can anyway, maybe I'm about to embarrass myself in a few moments. Um, the, the point you made at the end, though, I want to tap into, you said about it's it's probably best to hurt the fewest number of feelings. I'm not sure. I mean, I will need some convincing on this issue. I'm not sure that that's a valid reason to scupper the original definition of man and woman or to expand the definition of man and woman to include those who are not male or female um because i i know several uh, i know of several transgender people who recognize that while they present as a woman or present as a man that they are male or female and that they can't be men and they can't be women because of their transition and because of their transgender uh, identity um, again, if you want to pick up on any of that, I've just rambled through, uh, feel free to do so. Um, yeah. but, uh, it's not about it. hurting the fewest number of feelings, it's about causing the least amount of harm. At the end of the day, when we talk about what men and women are, overwhelmingly, and this is descriptive, you know, this isn't just what I would like to be the case, this is the case. Overwhelmingly, these categories are invoked in a non-biological way. When we talk about social roles, the clothing people wear, the language that people tend to use, the length at which people cut their hair, the fashion styles, attitudes, mannerisms, presentations that tend to define what we think of as man or woman, we're talking about social roles, not biology. After all, women in different cultures tend to wear different clothing, but it's not as though the biology of an English woman is different from the biology of an Indian woman insofar as the clothing they tend no to wear. We're only... No but we would still say woman's clothing. Like, clearly, when we talk about this stuff, we're not referring to biology overwhelmingly. Biology is only really relevant in a couple of contexts. Sexual attraction, what a doctor needs to know about you. But that's why, you know, we distinguish between gender and sex. I just don't think there's any harm in recognizing that when we're talking about whether, you know, when we talk about things that are a woman or a man, overwhelmingly, I mean, the vast majority of the times, we're really not making any reference to a, a biological reality. And I know that because cis-passing trans people um, continue to get referred to in this way uh, because people are fully unaware of the biological reality, you know, that, that, that they sort of represent. We're really just inferring that. We're not inferring the social roles because those being socially ascribed are things that we talk about prescriptively. We're not really talking about what a person is subject to, but rather what we think people in that category are subject to. Um, and I think that when we recognize that all of this is just a sort of projection of assumed roles onto others, uh, we, we realize that a lot of this is really arbitrary and we have the ability to change it. Um, so what, with regards to the exclusion of trans people, you know, a trans woman's not a woman, whatever, I acknowledge that a trans woman is different from a cis woman, but I don't see any fair reason to say that they're both not women. Um, 
especially since, you know, in many cases, trans women will adopt social roles and mannerisms that are more archetypically feminine than the average cis woman would. It seems like they're well in that category. Mm. Okay, right, fair enough. Okay, well, I've, I've been, again, scribbling down those. Uh, okay, not hurting feelings, fair enough, that's the wrong phrase, doing the least harm, and it's harm that I want to pick up on, actually, a bit later. Um, we are talking about when we talk about like menswear and women's wear, we're talking about social roles rather than anything else. Um, as someone who um, has worked in clothing shops, um, menswear and women's wear do conform to um, biological strictures in the sense that a woman's shape is stereotypically one way and a male, a man's shape is stereotypically another way. Uh, although I do agree that there are things like, for example, women can't wear, you know, women wore skirts, men wore trousers. That kind of distinction is arbitrary. Um, I mean, as I spoke to my friend Stephen Ryan of the YouTube channel Cider and Port, um, who we've had a conversation about this as well, the Scots wear a kilt, which is effectively a woolly skirt. So it's perfectly plausible for a man to wear something that we would consider a skirt, at least south of the border, um, and it not to be, and to, for it to be socially acceptable. Um, the the trouble is as well. You mentioned something about sexual attraction and um, medical appraisal, uh, because this is something else that I wanted to pick up on. Actually, um, one of the problems with uh, accepting, or at least as I see it, one of the problems with accepting trans women as women is that because it you, it might not be immediately obvious what a person's biological status is like when i look at you i see the beard and things like that so i assume that you're male but there is a biological reality um that women experience that a trans woman will never know and a lot of the conversations that women have with themselves with with, with each other or with the wider world have something to do with that biological reality like i mean if you talk feminist movement talks about things like period of poverty uh they talk about um a lack of access to gynecological services, um, the, th the threat of rape, let's be honest, is, a bio is, a, is, is partly a biological problem. Um, all of this stuff, it, that's stuff that I'm not saying that trans women can't be raped and things like that, but there is a biological reality to womanhood, I'm convinced, that a trans woman would never know. And that's why there are too many distinctions. That would be my only objection. There are too many distinctions between men, women and trans women. So it's almost like it's almost ridiculous to sort of lump them together. Um, what was the other bit you mentioned? Uh, yes, medical appraisal. Um, if trans women are women, then there is nothing logically, uh, well, I think it, it would be silly, but, you know, feel free to criticise me for this. Could a trans woman ask for a guy ask to see a gynaecologist and would a gynaecologist be forced to attend to her needs? I mean, would that, could a gynaecologist refuse on the grounds that you don't, you know, you're not medically fit, so you're not suitable as a, as a patient for this clinic or whatever. Um, considering that, well, I'll just leave that there. Um, you want to, if you want to pick that up. Yeah. So yeah. with regards to clothing, it's true that women's and men's clothing fit differently, but that's because we've tailored them differently for people with wider shoulders or broader hips, right? Like the, in another world, there's no reason why dresses could not be tailored generally to male physiologies, high heels, pumps, skirts, dresses, all those things, you know, it's just an arbitrary delineation. There's no reason at all, absolutely none, why we couldn't have lived in a world where it was women who wore suits tailored to their frames and us who wear dresses tailored to our frames. Just an arbitrary roll of the dice that decided that we would end up dr like dressing differently than them. But people have been killed for dressing incorrectly. So these arbitrary decisions ended up having a pretty significant effect on the livelihood, you know, the well-being of a lot of people. Um, 
with regards to like um biological realities leading to like strong distinctions and the experiences that people have the issue is that there are cis women that don't have those experiences either um there are of course uh cis women who have irregularities with their reproductive system that causes them to not experience periods or hormonal cycles in the same way um, but, but moreover, there are also significant, like, categorical distinctions in the experiences of womanhood between cis women. Um, you have cis women who are, um, like, uh, brought up in, like, very hoity-toity, uh, posh, like, upbringings, where they're taught that women need to make sure that the dessert fork is, like, seated to the left of the salad fork. And then you have women who grow up in, like, I don't know, North England, where they, like, you know, wrestle pigs uh to 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 get them inside before like dinner's ready and the... as someone who lives in the north and someone who lives in northern england i want to put play to that the idea that the northerners are all wrestling pigs but no i un i understand your point please but, carry on but the, what their their experiences with what it means to be a woman are going to be massively different i mean to the point where like this is one of the great um sitcom genres the idea of like people of different social standing have to, having different understandings of what it means to be a man usually divided along class but sometimes region culture or time period that's like a consistent thing. What would a woman today, in terms of their life experiences, have in common with a woman 200 years ago? I mean, maybe they could share gripes about pregnancy and what have you. But outside of that, I mean, it, 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 like this is a social phenomenon by and by and things have changed. Um, and to that respect, you know, it just it seems like. I, much in the same way that there are tremendous differences as well in the lived experiences of black versus white women, especially in like post desegregation America. Um, I don't think you could make that argument to like draw some fair characterization between the two, something that would preclude black women from being included as women in women's spaces, which is an argument that white segregationists did try to make in the 60s when 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 those walls came down. Um, yep. uh, but but yeah, anyway, you know, stuff like that. Um, I believe trans women are actually at a greater risk of sexual assault than cis women are um, for for a few reasons, most often because they're thrown in male spaces. Um you know, at the behest of the state or or, 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 or social expectation. Though I, I don't know if there's like a, a very good comparison on those data points because there's such a difference in the um in the uh, the availability of info. But anyway, yeah, I'm rambling at this point. No, that's all right. Um, right, okay, well, no, I'll pick that up then. So, yes, um, uh, cutting the cloth differently, yes, I suppose there is something There is something to be said for that, the idea that men wear suits and women wear dresses. It could have easily been the other way around. Um, uh, you're the sociologist, so you could probably tell me why this distinction was drawn. Um, the idea that, you know, pink used to be a boy's colour, now it's considered a girl's colour, although I quite like pink, actually, and as well as blue. Um, you know, all of these things, are, they are arbitrary. This I would concede instantly, you know. Um, Gender expression, to that extent, is indeed a social construct, and I'll have to do that. It's also, and as you've mentioned, you know, people have been killed for dressing wrong. Well, that's unacceptable in any circumstance. I mean, uh, you must have heard in the UK, um, oh, it must be like 20 years ago now at least, uh, there was a young woman called Sophie Lancaster, I think her surname was, who was dressed as a goth because she was um, alternative. She was into metal music and things like that, and she was set upon by... Uh, youths in a park while she was standing around with her boyfriend and they just attacked her and they attacked her so badly that she died of her injuries in hospital and the Sophie, I think it's the Sophie Lancaster Foundation was founded to stop this kind of prejudice against people who are 
dressed a little bit weird. You know, she had coloured hair and like ear studs in her ears and things like that. So obviously that's unacceptable in any context. I don't believe that anybody should be telling anybody, you know, any state authority, certainly telling other people how to dress. Obviously, when you get to the cases of parents with children, it's a little bit more complicated. But certainly, yes, I don't think that we should punish people because they choose to be eccentric in their clothing. I think that's that's an you know it's a reasonable uh, moratorium there um you did say um that you know some women don't experience um the certain biological uh trappings of womanhood and that's absolutely true you know i i know people who've had hysterectomies i know people who are um i think we used to call them barren um i know people who don't menstruate um i know people who uh, i know a couple of ladies actually who for hormonal reasons find it difficult to menstruate properly and things like that so it is a it is a biological horror show and it can be um difficult uh, but i don't think that though the trouble is is that those are I don't know. Whether, I don't want to say they're exceptional because I don't have the numbers to prove that. But I would suggest that they are a minority, and that having parts that don't work properly is not the same as never having the parts in the first place. If that makes any kind of sense, I'd happily elaborate on that in a moment, if you like. Um, yeah, cultural differences between cis women. Well, that's absolutely true. I mean, one of the great criticisms of the second wave, which is the what the sixties to the seventies, was that it kind of excluded black women and think and uh, Native American women and even lesbians. You know, um, I think of my reading of people like uh, Betty Friedan, for example, the feminine mystique, which is just a suburban nightmare. You know, it's it's she, didn't she famously compare suburban American housewives to the Jewish inmates of concentration camps or something. It's like how it was completely out of touch and uh, they don't talk about race at all. I mean, Jermaine Greer, when she wrote The Female Eunuch, I don't think she mentions black women at all in her writing. So it's very much um, what I think they call white feminism with some justification. Um, but I would still suggest that even though, say a black woman might experience racism on top of sexism or misogyny, there's still a biological underpinning there that makes her a woman that unites her, if you like, with other women. So, you know, if you're a white woman or a, a black woman or a gay woman, you're still fundamentally female. So that would tie you all, that would tie you all together. But I mean, you know, pick that one apart if you like. Um, uh, you said something also about trans women are more prone to sexual violence. I mean, if that's true, that's horrific. Um, I don't have the numbers to, to argue that. I mean, if that is true, then that's horrible. But uh, that's the only comment i've got on that one uh, as i say feel free to pick it up and, and carry it forward if you like yeah um the, so the main thing that i want to harp on there is the is the shared experience thing so mm -hmm. definitions are always kind of um a, a variable thing but it's important to remember that just because two things belong to the same definition doesn't mean they have to be similar at all you know steam and mm -hmm. ice are both water but they're very dissimilar and steam in many ways is probably far more similar to like i don't know carbon dioxide or, or you know some other you know somewhat or some somewhat visible gas or whatever then it would be considered to ice but we still put it in the same category i think for the most part when it comes to um when it comes to what like women are or are considered i feel like women are people who are considered women people who are treated as women because when women talk and i admit you know i'm just a guy or whatever but when women talk you know i feel like their experiences insofar as they relate to womanhood and their conversations 
in the purview of those experiences relate mostly to how they're treated as women and less so like the specific biology that they go through at the very least from what i've experienced and seen like i don't think that women usually get together and just have like big convos about their periods and that's like the whole and that's like the main like yeah. driving bond but even if that's the case you know like trans women can sit out for that if they like or well trans women actually do get hormonal cramps um funnily enough from the hrt even though it doesn't correspond to any biological function so they can have fun with that i guess um that sucks uh but in in terms of like how we categorize these where we draw the lines is completely arbitrary you know the the idea that woman is defined exclusively by biology is not one which is entirely inconsistent i just don't think it's one that's very useful and i think it's one that's generally quite harmful um because whether or not you personally disagree with violence being conducted against trans women and i know that you do um, the violence conducted against them is a direct product of the aberrance with which they're treated. And unless trans women are considered women, they will only ever be considered aberrant men. Um, this isn't a sympathy bid, though. I genuinely think there's more utility in treating trans women as women than there is in trans, like, treating them as anything else. I don't know what else you could really, you know, put them in, box-wise. We're not given much room with gender expression because we only have man and woman as viable, like, socially expected categories outside of non-binary if people you know, if, if the people you're talking to even believe in that. But as long as we're sticking to the recognized, like, gender identities, you know, um, trans women are quite farther from men than they are women, overwhelmingly so. But there are also cis women who are quite a bit closer to men than they are most other cis women. There's so much arbitrariety and variance that it feels like we, at the end of the day, like, no strong set of prescriptive categories can really put one in one box or the other unless you're willing to embrace the arbitrariety and say it's just a self-identification thing or accept that people are going to get hurt and go with some like hard line you know some some hard line biological explanation i just don't think any harm comes about from saying yeah trans women are different from cis women but they are still women you know okay um so yeah i mean I, well okay let's, let's go back to the beginning so i'm i'm desperate to make notes on this because i want to make sure that i'm not misrepresenting you or indeed myself so you know i'm just quite keen on this so yeah you talk about it just because they have um, a shared biological status doesn't mean that they have the same experience which is absolutely true and i like the idea of steam and ice are both water but not the same that is uh, i agree with that completely that, that is absolutely true um but i do think well the trouble is i don't think that they also but they, there is a similarity there um you know women who menstruate you know menstruation is horrible for any woman regardless of class color nationality language religion etc etc pregnancy is difficult for any woman regardless of class nationality color religion etc um so there I, I, the question is i think we, we might be in danger of getting in the weeds with that one because it's the idea is that first of all is two i mean i assume that you you've never menstruated i've never certainly never done it um i, I don't know what it's like i mean i've, I've had enough you know colleagues at work and female friends to know that it's no joy and i now know instinctively that whenever i see a woman cuddling a small hot water bottle have you i don't know if you've ever seen this they come a hard walk, but they just sit there with a water bottle. I know they're going through, and I know to you know leave them alone and or show them. Wait, hold on, just a second. I heard and understood what you said, but also the meeting is is cutting up here. An important aspect. Oh, no, wait, no, Kendon. Hello. What happened? What oh, happened? what's happened? It cut out. It cut out for a second. Um, the last thing, I, the last thing I got was was about them spooning a hot water bottle for the cramps. Um, but after yeah, that, so it, it cut out. 
Yeah, because according to this, my remaining meeting time is like eight minutes and 37 seconds. Yeah, I've never um, seen that before. I'm trying to get a subscription. Yeah, I think on certain it. versions of Zoom, it times you out. You have to get like the professional version, which is, you know, unlimited access or something. So if necessary, I'll come back and join the stream. Uh, yeah, so we talked about, yeah, so there is a kind of, there is a similar biological experience because if women experience cramps, they'll, I often see them cuddling hot water bottles or being very miserable and that so there is something in that and it's and it transcends color that's what that was my basic point um going on to the bit about um violence um obviously both you and i agree that violence against transgender people because of their nature or their appearance or whatever is abhorrent um uh, and and you the comment that you made was that um uh, trans women are not seen as women which is why they're attacked trans men are presumably uh oh. Are not seen as men, and that's why they're attacked. I think you'll have to. Oh dear. Ken didn't know. The details. We said something about until. Oh, damn. Oh, man. It's like super out. Okay, wait. Hold on. Hello again. No! Okay, wait. Hold on. I, I think that Zoom is. I've never seen this before. I think Zoom is throttling the fucking bandwidth of the call because we're on the free thing. But I, I didn't even know that I was on the free thing. Let me make a new thing. Check your email, okay? Okay, sure. Thank you. Right. So dumb. I, I, I've, I've made Zoom meetings before. I've never gotten this issue. And whatever. Um, invite. Copy invite link. Hello again. Okay. God willing. Sorry hey. about sorry about all the bother. I've never had had, had no, to do no, that it's before. Quite, it's quite all right. I don't know whether it's my internet connection, my laptop, Zoom, or you know the gods. Um, if you well, change my name again, yeah, yeah there you go. go. Thanks. We'll blame uh, we'll blame God. So anyway, the last the last bit I got it was is the warm water bottles, and then it was yep. increased risk of sexual violence against them as a product of them not being recognized as their preferred gender. That was what the last thing that I heard from you. Yes, okay. No, so, well, actually, I mean, because I, I can't, I'm going to have to go back on this one because I can't remember what how I ended that point. Let's, right, sorry let's about go that. Back. One of the things, no, 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 what, no it's, it's not your fault. Uh, one of the things that I, I've noticed in this conversation, when you, when you discuss this issue, is that because you think of woman as a gender role, and I don't, I think of woman as a sexual category, um, the question then becomes, how do you make people who certainly don't look like traditional female people uh, for want of a better phrase, how do you accept, make them acceptable as women, if you like, uh, by the general public to curb violence against them? Um, and given the fact that because most people don't consider women to be a gender role, they think of it as a sexual category. Um, there's also another there's also another issue. Um, no, that's I think I'm going to leave that question there. I think I think that's the um, that's the soul I've got. Well, I'm it's. It's it's so uh, a train of thought, and it's all. It's oh all right, like... we'll we'll get back on track. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's a social prescription thing, right? You know, um, it's generally just a function of people being more accepting of the arbitrariety of these categories. Of course, we're not prog like progressive for doing so in um in a total sense because there are societies that have been doing this for thousands of years with more success than we've managed to here, accepting variance in people's preferred gender roles and presentations. I guess at the end of the day, it seems like we have two categories that are really related but are ultimately like distinct, which is the social and the biological, like the the sex gender distinction and it just feels like when we refer to people like as a woman or a man considering the fact that we do this to inanimate objects we do this to robots to machines to ai we'll do this to fantasy races we'll do this to concepts it seems like when we talk about whether something is a man or a woman a he or a she we're usually kind of talking about 
um, you know, social roles and social ascriptions, unless we're under the impression that like robots with women's voices like Shodan have wombs somewhere inside them. Um, and that this is simplified just by splitting these categories and recognizing them distinctly. That you can have a person whose sex is male but gender is female. Though even that's a bit of a simplification, honestly, because once trans women start taking hormones, they're certainly not sexed male, you know. Um, at least it's not that well, simple. I wanted, to, I wanted to ask about that, actually, if I, if I can just pick up on that. Because yeah. I think that some, another one of the things that I've noticed in the debate, not necessarily with you, of course, but in the wider conversation, is this confusion between male and masculine and female and feminine. Um, like, I mean, the expression that you get is um, like MTF, like male to female or FTM, female to male, which is surely by which is as far as i'm aware bear in mind i'm scientifically illiterate so i do confess this i have to i have to read the works of proper scientists to get a glean um, get an idea of this is surely biologically and physically impossible i mean you can't change your biological sex but you can think that you're that you are more that you should belong to another category i'm not sure i understand this confusion if i'm being brutally honest yeah um oh, sorry. No, 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 please, please pick it up. Well, you can change your biological sex. All, like, biological sex, and I'm being, I'm being simplistic here, of course, because I'm not a biologist, but um, is basically just a product of our cells being responsive to different um, signals given by hormone washes, which are indicated by our chromosomes. So this is what accounts for most chromosomal abnormalities and also why there's a huge difference in sexual expression between, even within cis and you know, cis men and cis women, right? Like, so some cis men are small and weak and soft, and some cis men are quite large and strong. And a lot of yeah. that just has to do with the receptiveness of the cells. You're given a big hormone bath when you're in the womb that determines what genitalia you form because the penis and the vagina are made of the same basic tissue, and it just determines which shape it's going to take based on the hormones that are washed with. And then in puberty, you get the second hormone wash. But in terms of, like, their, the sex differences... Uh, a prepubescent human, there's not much of that difference between a boy and a girl, really. You've got some like preliminary differences, but if you were to inhibit pubescent development for the rest of their lives, there are so many ways in which a doctor would treat them exactly the same. And trans women, by doctors, don't get treated the same way that uh, cis men do. Um, they don't have the same risk for prostate cancer. They do have the same risk as breast cancer, as cis women, at least in the same ballpark. They have different responses to um, uh, heart pressure, uh, or sorry, blood pressure issues, uh, heart, um, uh, what's, not heart sickness, what is it called? The, um... Angina, um... Oh, heart disease. Right, yeah, heart, uh, heart disease. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah just the general, right. Um, all of these things, all of these conditions start to align far more with the female representation of these issues than the male, because the thing that changes the way your body is receptive to these potential conditions is largely determined by the availability of hormones, which regulates the function of so many of these organs and functions. And when you look at it that way, you know, I don't think that a trans woman with the technology we have presently can turn into a cis woman, you know, in a in a biological sense, but they are certainly not cis men. Um, if they've undergone you know enough hormone therapy, the differences in their body are medically significant. Um, in in a way, a, a kind of intersex, really, a sort of medically induced intersexuality. Which, um, you know, whatever you want to make of that, sex is something we have the power to change, at least in part. Um, and while I don't think that relates that much to the gender argument because i do think they're fairly distinct you know the social roles as opposed to the body construction itself i do think it's nice that we have the freedom to change our bodies in that way 
Maybe. I mean, they're already talking about womb transplants for uh, for trans women. That's something that's medically... Seems like it's on the horizon. And once you have... I mean, you're going to have trans women who have functioning wombs, vaginas, lactating breasts. I mean, past a certain point, whatever, you know, whatever we're complaining about sex differences-wise, I mean, it's going to be fairly marginal, which I think is pretty cool. Well, it's definitely something to... Uh, I mean, it's an exciting medical development, whatever your um, political or, you know, social affiliations. Um, you know, you're talking about receptiveness to hormones, um, because there are, obviously, there's genital sex, there's hormonal sex, there's brain sex and things like that. Um, I remember there was a conversation with uh, Lord Robert Winston, who is Britain's fertility expert. You know, if you want to make a baby, he's the guy you consult, and he consults... Um, you know, various medical authorities, and he, he's come out on record in public um, on national television uh, saying that you cannot change your sex. So while it, it might be possible if you um, artificially um, imbibe, no, wrong word, inject hormones that will facilitate physical changes, it's not the same thing as producing those hormones naturally. HRT is a, is a correction or a or, an, or an, you know, a conscious adjustment of what is naturally occurring. Um, you mentioned something, so and that's something I wanted to pick up on, is like, you talk about the availability of hormones, fair enough, we'll, we'll accept that. Is there not a social distinction to be made, though, between the natural availability and the artificial availability of those hormones? Would, that, would the fact that someone chose to go through that process not have profound social ramifications? Um, don't these distinctions mean that they don't quite fit the original category? If they don't, fair enough, but I'm just I'm just floating that as a quite genuine question. Um, also, something else you mentioned about womb, we're well, talking about womb transplants. Um, it's more than a womb though, isn't it? I mean, you need a you know, wider pelvis, you need a whole, uh, you need an abdominal wall, you need, um, I mean, it's not just lactating breasts, but also you need a, all sorts of bits and pieces. It's not just surely it's not just the uterus that's responsible for a successful pregnancy and birth. So uh, while it's an exciting idea on the horizon, I'm not entirely sure that you know. We I don't think we'll live to see such a thing. Put it that way. But I, that's purely an uninformed opinion. Um, yeah, feel free to tear apart what I've just said because I'm rambling at this point as well. And I'm you know. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, well, HRT does widen the pelvis, as I understand, so that one's covered. Um, I, I know you'd need the, um, what are they called, the fallopian tubes and the, the ovums as well? Um, over, yeah, over, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. A whole bit of, yeah, a whole bit of machinery in there. Um, well, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm no medical expert, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's, um, I'm sure they're working on it, you know, how, how quickly it'll be brought about is, is something that remains to be seen. I don't know what the science says about brain sex. I know that hormones affect uh, emotional states, of course. Trans women uh, turn yeah. into big crybabies when they take hormones um, for the same reason, I guess, that cis women tend to be crybabies. Um, I guess that's just what estrogen does to you. What are you going to do? Um, so, I, I mean, it's, well, it's true. I mean, you know, whatever. Um, I must admit, I, um, I had a conversation with a, sorry to interrupt, but I had a conversation with a trans man, because I, I asked him about this, I said, look, I don't know, I, I mean, as part, I'm technically part of the, I'm a part of the LGBT community, right, um, but I, I can explain the LGB bit, because I've spoken a bit, but I don't know nothing about the T, and I'll always remember his phrase, when he started taking uh, testosterone, when he was on the T, as he put it, um, 
his libido shot through the roof and he said if it moved i wanted it um and so he, he actually gained a greater understanding for the uh, the biological male sex drive because of it so yeah it does obviously your brain is swimming in a different soup at that point and so it does affect um your body in that way sorry I, i've interrupted no you no not at all well i think i mean at the end of the day the chromosomes are just um the chromosomes are the blueprint that determines the hormone washes that you experience, but the hormone washes are what determine what you turn out to be, which is why there are examples of men and women who are cisgender who don't have the hormones or the chromosomes you would expect, but they do end up getting the hormones that you would expect. So you'll have like a complete mismatch, uh, you know, uh, perceptively between their chromosomes and how their bodies actually develop, which is always... Um, which is always interesting. I do agree with what you said about there being a meaningful difference between the natural production of hormones as opposed to the artificial injection of hormones. And I think for what it's worth, nobody is really arguing that trans women should be treated the same as cis women insofar as the abolition of the distinction between trans and cis, only that they be included in the woman category. Now, this probably depends on the trans woman individually, but from what I've seen mostly, I think a lot of trans women are really quite proud to be trans women. Um, you know, or, or at the very least, they're very open and accepting of the differences between themselves and cis women. Um, they just want to be treated as women, you know. Um, and I don't, I know it's not the same as like a racial distinction, but I am reminded, or I can use a class distinction, I suppose, to, to mix it up. I'm, I'm just reminded of, you know, um, the uh, different ideas of what it means to be a woman in the upper and lower classes in, say, 19th century English culture, right? You know, a lower class woman would still be proud of who she is. She would still mm -hmm. want to be included in the category of, you know, being a woman in a a social sense, you know, not just like a biological female, but a woman, you know, in 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 the way that some you're recognized as a kind of, you know, um, uh, sort of, uh, you know, um, an actualized member of of your group, and um, and and I think it's okay to be proud of those distinctions as long as you're still given the respect of being put in the broader category, um. And that's, and that's, I think, what most would hope for, you know? Maybe there are differences, sure, but we, we all have differences, you know? Yeah. Um, well, actually, I wanted, to talk, I wanted to talk about this because um, uh, because you mentioned this earlier in the conversation, actually, but I'll, I'll pick up on it now. Um, the fact that um, what you were saying about when women get together, and especially feminist women get together and talk about women's issues, um, a lot of what they discuss is not so much being a woman, you know, talking about their periods and things, but how they're treated as women by society. And I, I want to sort of pick up on that because I'm convinced that a lot of feminist writing, because I've read as far as I'm aware, all the major feminist texts printed in English in the last hundred years, and um, that might be nonsense, of course. I'm sure there are people in the chat who can come up with books I've never heard of. Um, but they, I've read a lot of it, and it seems to me that they're treated differently by society because they're biologically female. And that's why, um, this is why self-identification self has always really troubled me. Um, because I think it, you can identify in theory as anything. If there's no hard and fast material definition attached to these words, because we're not talking about women are not an abstract. It's not like faith, mercy, justice, or democracy, which are entirely imaginary. We made them up. We're talking about something that exists in the material realm. If there's not a fixed material definition for this word, it kind of makes the word nonsensical. 
uh, it kind of makes the word useless in, in, in conversation. Uh, you know, women have been mistreated because they menstruate. They have been treated differently because they tend to be physically weaker than men in their weight class, for example. I mean, that's, you know, I know there are, of course, exceptions to that, but, you know, most men my weight are stronger than most women of my weight category. I think we can say that safely without offending too many uh, sensibilities. Um, so that's what I'm always concerned about with self-identity with self -identity is that, yeah, okay, they might want to be identified within that category, the broader category of woman, but is it is it reasonable to do so given the fact that up until relatively recently, woman was had a material definition? Again, if you want to come back on that, you can do, but I mean, just, I'm, I'm just floating the idea out there. No, no, I, I'd like to. Well, I do think that the definition is pretty arbitrary, um, because I think historically we've always run up against the issue that when we talk about women, women's issues, and what it means to be a woman, we overwhelmingly do talk about social facsimiles for biological issues that we're just inferring at, really. So there are many issues that women historically have faced as a product of their biology, but it's always, well, it's not always, but it's often kind of derivative, right? So, for example, a lot of the oppression that women experience stem from the idea that they should be kept as housekeepers. You have this, like, chain of logic that starts out with a biological truth and ends up with some socially arbitrary bullshit. Because it begins with, women are the ones who give birth to children, therefore it makes sense that women should be the ones to raise children, therefore it makes sense that women should stay at home while men work, therefore it makes sense that because they're not the ones who need to work, they don't need to be educated. Therefore, it makes sense that because they don't need to be educated, they probably should be weighing in on issues with the same degree of seriousness as men. And now you're like five, like, uh, you know, links down the chain. And it started biologically sound, but now you're at something that's totally fucking made up. Um, like, completely arbitrary. So, and I think that a lot of feminist writers have talked about that, because when you talk about, like, freeing the woman from the household, you are talking about a, a kind of downstream biological reality. But you can see similar things with the treatment of homosexual men, where the the predisposition towards homosexuality is, is probably, I mean, it's a biological thing, you know, at least to a great extent. Um, but the treatment that gay men have experienced and the oppression they've experienced is entirely social, but they've made justifications, right? And they still do today. Well, we're not inherently homophobic, you know? It's just uh, sex is for reproduction and gay men can't do that. Therefore, what they're doing is an abomination. Therefore, they need to be treated like X and Y, therefore death camps, you know? And again, yeah. it starts biological, it ends very silly. So that's the argument that I would make. There is always a degree of absurdity when we talk about the nature of this you know, the social experience, because everything is always post hoc linked back to the biological origin. It's the best way to justify it, right? Yeah. But are we not, if we, I mean, obviously, because you know, picking up on the, the game argument, are we not in, in danger of uh, adopting a kind of slippery slope fallacy? Because I mean, I agree that obviously, yes, women are the ones that give birth. And therefore, you know, it starts off with certain limitations and it ends up with. I don't know, Gilead, you know, the handmaid's tale, women are basically not educated, they can't even read. I mean, that's that's obviously far too far. But is it, would it, is it not, a, are we not guilty of the slippery slope? I can't even say it. Are we not guilty of the slippery slope fallacy by assuming that if we limit womanhood to 
a biological reality that we would inevitably start the chain of events that would lead to red dresses and white hoods and you know uh, doing what um, what your um, male master tells you to do i mean is it not can we not say that while trans women exist they have always existed and they will always exist they are not a condition to be cured they're not a pestilence to be eradicated they should be treated with basic common courtesy and dignity under the law that there are enough social and biological distinctions between them that to include them in a category that up until five minutes ago was considered a biological and material one um, is uh, is untenable or unsustainable. I mean, that, that would be my position on it. It was like, it, it, it's, it's not because I want to cast them out in, uh, because I want to cast trans women out into the cold or anything like that. I mean, that doesn't benefit me. It doesn't be benefit anyone, does it? But I, it's because I recognize these distinctions and the difficulties that they go through, because I've read a lot of transgender literature about this, because what do I know about being transgender? What do, what do you know? You know, you have to read may, this stuff. Maybe one day it could hit us that trans bat swings. You never see it coming. Well, I just wake up one day being trans uh, and think I'm transgender. Is that even... Blammo. Is that even... Right on the back even, of the head. Is that even, is that even possible? I mean, I, I mean, genuine question. I've no idea. Um, I thought people, when I've, whenever I've read accounts from transgender people, trans men and trans women, um, they've always said that they've always known that there was something different about them. It wasn't something that crept up on them. Um, it was something that they'd always felt in and of themselves. They couldn't quite articulate because they didn't have the language and maybe um, the lack of vocabulary is a social problem more than a you know, an educational one. Um, but yeah, so the idea, is that is that a thing where people just wake up one day and they just, they feel they're transgender? I mean, is that, is that- I, 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 think, people, I think people usually tie it back to a feeling they've always had, right? Um, it's a bit like it's a bit like gayness, a homosexuality, isn't it? I mean, I, I don't know of any. I know several gay men and gay women, and they've always felt different. They always felt other, and it took time for them to learn the words. I've never heard of anyone. Well, I suppose it's plausible. I mean, sexuality is all oh fluid, isn't it? But I mean, you know, it's possible for someone to be attracted to say women all. The uh oh, oh no. Oh no, Kendon, no! Okay, this isn't Zoom, it's Kendon's, it's Kendon's internet. Probably not my gigabit fiber internet. Kendon, no! Deities. That's another example. If male and female are sex things, how could you ever refer to a deity as a man or a woman? It's not as though um, cosmological forces reproduce. I mean, they do in like the Roman or the Greek gods. Uh, but not, you know, not always. Hello. Hello. Okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Just no, okay. The last, the last thing you said, you were you can saying. Sorry. Could you change my name again? Sorry. Yes, of course. You were being, you were being hit with the gay bat, I believe. Uh, yeah. Somebody hit by the gay bat. No, it was. Um, uh, no, no. Because I, I mean, I, I know that there are some people who say that they have, um, they've experienced. Um, you know they've been heterosexual all their lives and then they fall into a homosexual affair or whatever and then they go back to heterosexuality again so that's certainly plausible but surely sexuality and gender identity even within leftist circles are two radically different things i mean they're not even vaguely related are they i mean you know this I, the idea that you can wake up one day feeling transgender i mean that's that's a new one on me i must admit i've not read anything on that I think uh, I was being, I was being a little facetious, but I think generally it, it's a product of inadequate um, social exposure, where people, as you've said, will feel weird, you know, for for a good portion of their life, 
And then, um, and then once they have like a realization or the language to, but a lot of people, at least from what I've seen from trans people, you know, a lot of them will kind of beat themselves up over having taken so long. Like they'll, they'll go like, oh yeah. So four years ago when I fall, fell asleep crying because I wasn't a woman, like, oh, that meant something like, yeah, no shit, dumbass. You know? So I think, I don't know. I think a lot of people fight off the realization because it entails a lot of social, uh, it entails a lot of social difficulty down the line. Um, yeah. I wanted I wanted to respond to the the earlier thing you said with like the the, the route that this could all take you know um, because I'm a gender revolution because we have we have two categories here and everyone acknowledges these two categories it's really just what they attach the term woman to gender and sex you know because obviously when we talk about gender roles well gender roles are different in India than they are here in America but biologically females are the same here and there so obviously like we're talking about a fair degree of social you know play on top of the biology and then you have the sex stuff which you know is is, is its, its own category and there are basically two directions that you can take you can take one in which the um the 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 idea of a woman or a man is entirely like a biologically prescriptivist thing there are issues with that outcome first of all i do think this attitude is very unpermissive towards gender nonconformity in any type including like trans people and i think that it does tend to be a justification from a normative sense towards violence against them because you are you are kind of sort of leading into the naturalist fallacy of like well because humans were built this way that's what we ought to be um additionally there are inconsistencies uh for instance there is enough sex variation even with like cisgender people that these categories overlap and you have sex expression in cis men which is like basically on par with sex expression in some cis women in a bunch of categories and then you have chromosomal abnormalities and hormone washes that don't align with the chromosomes and it's like well you know even with the biologically prescriptivist attitude and given the fact that you know trans people when they medically transition do align more with the sex that they're you know transitioning towards um, there's a lot of variance there. And we also have the issue of like everything that I mentioned when it comes to like the social use of gender, the fact that we gender boats, uh, items, objects, the fact that we'll gender AI, robots, fantasy concepts, deities that don't have reproductive systems. These are all things that like, we're clearly not referring to biology here, right? When, when we read fantasy novels and there's like a female goddess who was born of the lake, like this thing doesn't have a fucking womb. It's a, it's, it's born of the lake. Hey, you know? Again. Uh oh, hello. Uh oh, no. Yeah, the point that I'm trying to get at here, because it's like a good faith convo. The point that I'm trying to get at here is that like there are tons of inconsistencies if you take a biologically prescriptivist attitude, and that like that's not the attitude we've taken historically. I, I just, don't, I don't think that's what we've done. You know what I mean? Like. I think it's like a totally arbitrary vibe check. Like, yeah, most of the time we gender people historically based on their sex, but like then we'll also refer to ideas and concepts as a gender, even though it has nothing to do with the sex female. Like, you know, so yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we didn't know much about biology back in the day. Um, of course, I mean, they still knew the difference between, a, you know, a dick and a pussy, but whatever. I think another good example is the fact that if you go back to Rome, like, the the whole sexuality thing homosexuals weren't people who had sex with men they were people who bottomed so like tops got away scot-free and the bottoms were persecuted even though biologically a top and a bottom as much as it may seem may not seem that way are the same you know they're the same sex a top and a bottom male you know but um yeah uh the um
Yeah, but but like all those all the attacks that the bottom would get were like rooted in the idea of them being like the woman, like they take the woman's role during sex or whatever. But this is like totally arbitrary bullshit, right? You know. Hello, I am from ancient Greece. Yeah. Damn, poor Kendon is internet. I guess this is why it does TikTok stuff because you know you upload from your phone and use uh can use uh LTE instead of Wi-Fi. Should we get into Zeus's identity? Oh, like, yeah, like, what about, um, what about, like, like, what about, like, Norse gods, right? Like, what, what about Loki? Like, Loki could shapeshift. Loki was as capable of being biologically fe female as he was male. We only call him Loki because that's literally socially what he identified. Like, that, that's just, like, the social prescription. Biologically, he could be anything, right? We, we gender um, shapeshifters in media, right? Like, if a shapeshifter... If, it, like, a shapeshifter is... is um, even if a shapeshifter can't give birth, right? Don't we? Like, if a shapeshifter can take a human form, but can't, like, replicate all of our physical functions, like birth, you would still look at them and go, like, oh, yeah, what about the fucking gems from Steven Universe, right? Like, they're literally just rocks. It's just, like, a coincidence that their forms are, like, feminine by our standard. But, like, there's no, like, th there's no, there's no biology. It's, they're a rock, you know, that projects, like, a force field around it, you know? Canonically, they're agender. Well, I think they're, they're, they're women. They're asex, right? They're sexless, you know? Um, also a horse. Yeah, Loki was also a horse. A female horse at that. Yeah, and what about Elden Ring? Okay, what about Elden Ring, where Marika and Radagon the to the were the same person? What about that? Huh? Oh shit, they're back. This meeting will end in ten minutes. Oh my god. Save me from the dark. Wake me up inside. Wake me up inside. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm naming you I'm I'm naming you Big K this time. And now and now we're on the the 10 minute countdown. Okay. I, I'm, I'm sorry Zoom is being an absolute <laughs> not, No, I'm just trying to I, I don't know what it is. I mean my internet I mean it hasn't cut out or anything like that. Um the last thing I got oh no now I'm slowing down to a crawl. Am I there? Yes. Hooray, right, I'm back. Okay, yeah. Speak. Okay. Yeah. Good. Right. Let's crack on. Right. So this is what I last got from you before I disappeared again. Um, I wouldn't bother I wouldn't bother me so much, but I actually bought a signal booster to deal with this problem. So there's something going wrong. Um, okay then. So you said there are two categories, biologically a prescriptivist thing. Gender nonconformity doesn't really uh, fit in to a very fixed biological idea of gender. Um, it doesn't account for chromosomal abnormalities or hormonal washes, which is absolutely true. Yeah, we did get there. Are you yeah, yeah no, I know you're still there. Very good. Uh, okay. um, and you also talked about the social use of gender, um, the fact that we gender things that are not biologically female or male. Um, so can I pick up on that? Or did you have more to say on that point before I say anything? I, I just wanted to finish that point is all. Um, on, and and it's, it's just that with, no matter how you look at it, in all cultures throughout history, we've just used man and womanhood to refer to things that just have nothing to do with biology. Whether we're talking inanimate objects or concepts or talking about um, creatures in fantasy that uh, don't that don't have a biological sex, you know, like you can like like Loki, you know, of the Norse gods. Right. Like we call him Loki because that's what he was most of the time. But like he got impregnated as a female horse like he could do whatever he they could all do whatever they you know what what we chose to call them is a fairly arbitrary thing. And we often like so often it just doesn't relate 
to their biology. So I would argue only that there are inconsistencies with the biologically prescriptivist model now, and that it's not a changing five minutes ago thing. This definition has always been inconsistent. I only want to acknowledge its inconsistencies and patch it up in a way that makes society a little bit better and a bit more accepting. Okay, um, let me just pick up on that. I'm going to quickly fire out some counter arguments. So first of all, um, being uh, gender nonconformity. So if you're a woman with short hair, for example, or if you're a man who likes to wear dresses, um, you're still male, and that makes still make or male or female, which still makes you a man or a woman. And as we've already established, persecuting people because they don't conform to gender stereotypes is obviously wrong, regardless of your political affiliation. Uh, talking about chromosome, chromosomal abnormalities and hormonal washes, uh, are we not in danger of making biological exceptions oh, um, the rule when in actual fact they prove the rule? That's my next question. Um, also, the social use of gender, like referring to like ship, the, the one I always think of is referring to a ship uh, by she, her, you know, they always use, um, are you still there? Yes, still I'm still here. Yeah, good. Ah, very good. No, every time you go still, I'm just worried that. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do a little, I'll do a little just, bounce. Just, just do that or something. There we go, keep... like a fighting game character. Um, the social use of gender for like inanimate objects and things, is that not really a confusion of, um, uh, you know, like a literal with figurative use of gender? I mean, I don't actually think of a ship as a woman, but we still refer to ships as she and her and things like that. Um, you look like one of those starting characters in Tekken. Yeah, I'm, I'm, keeping, I'm keeping up. This is how they keep the blood pumping. So, yeah, so, I mean, are we not in danger of conflating, like, the literal use of gender and, you know, gendered pronouns with the figurative use of gender pronouns? That would be my only comeback on that one. Yeah, um, I, I, I think that's valid when we're talking about stuff like ships, but I don't think so when we're talking about stuff like, um, like concepts, fantasy creatures, sci-fi creatures, or, um, or um, divinity. You know, I mean, God is a he in the Christian canon, after all, and that certainly has nothing to do with him having cock and balls. Um, I, I just we're, we're talking oh, about I mean, like no, but I, I do think of Jehovah having a cock and ball so because of because he's called he maybe God the father you know you have to have certain parts to be a father, that's he does you? God have a cock and ball I'll, I'll have I, to I'm gonna go out on the internet and tell everybody that God has a schlong that's I'll, it I'll, re I'll review my 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 Christian canon um the um yeah it just it seems like when we think of woman there's just this huge blanket of like terms and categories that we apply all over the place um, like we're so, so willing to call like an AI or a robot in literature, a woman, like as a, like a woman, not just like she, her as an abstract, but like, yeah. Oh yeah. It's a woman, like an AI woman, whatever. But like, we can't do that when a person has spent like several years transitioning and is physically indistinguishable from a cisgender woman and sounds like them and talks like them and gets treated the same. And it's like, well, that, not that, you know? And it's like, it seems like we're, we're, we're very progressive. When it comes to our acceptance of these categories in abstract forms, but then we're not when it comes back to the acceptance of groups that are historically marginalized. Like we're very we're very theoretically flexible with these terms, and then in practice, not so. And there's so much arbitrariety with how these terms get posed anyway. I just don't think that a biologically prescriptivist attitude towards gender is the historically correct one. I don't think there's a correct one historically. I think it's been totally inconsistent, you know? Um, and that it's really just about which definitions serve the most utility, which is, after all, what we have to be concerned about, because we do create these definitions. Um, but if you recognize the distinction between gender and sex, uh, as I think most people do in some form or another, you know, if we're, if we're to say, like, Okay, given the fact that woman is this shotgun term that we've applied to every, like tons of things that have nothing to do with a womb or being human even, I think it's acceptable to say like, yeah, you know, 
Um, yeah, trans women are women, like, maybe they're sexed male to whatever extent they actually are, but, you know, they're, like, a, a different kind of woman. And that, I think, is, like, a good template to build that acceptance on. And if not, and I'll ask you, you know, what level of biological transition would be necessary for you to think that a trans woman is a woman by your definition, you know? Like, if there was a full womb transplant, or, like, what, like, how far over would medicine have to be, to, to be brought to make that, you know, uh, workable well this is something else that I, I mentioned with Stephen ryan of the youtube channel cider and port um when we were having a conversation about this issue because I, I still think of because i think of women as being female and therefore they have to be born female they have to go through girlhood they go through female puberty and then become young you know teenage girls and then become young women etc etc um there's having a, a male person with a male body with female parts installed is still a radically different social experience from having been born and raised as a woman with all the social expectations heaped upon it, because I'm not ignorant to the fact that there are, so society puts um, different, um, uh, puts different emphasis on, you know, it guides women, girls differently. And therefore a lot of, um, so-called women's behavior is socially prescriptive that i would concede um i suppose it's because i recognize that it's something that you're born it, it, you know you're born female you're raised raised with certain ex social expectations and that it's your duty as a member of society to sort of conform to those expectations i'm not sure what my limit would be like if you did have like your hips redone and you had a uterus and an abdominal wall and things like that i'm not sure you're still there yes yeah, oh good. So, <laughs> sorry, just, no worries. Very, I know, I know. I totally get it. very good at sitting still. It's it's, it's quite enviable, actually. Um, no. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I'm not sure what my level would be. I think it's because they weren't born with all the parts and they're making that transition. I think that's what it, it, that's why I, why I hesitate to answer that question. Because let's face it, most most women are born female and therefore go through all the biological thing of all the biological changes and the socialization and they might you know they experience the world differently and trans women do too but i'm not sure that their experiences align enough even if they were to make profound physical changes for them to fall into the category of woman if we were to keep to the biological definition um Maybe that's just a failure of imagination on my part. I would concede that point, but I'm I'm not sure what my cutoff would be. But it seems it seems we're we're rotating a bit between different categories of definition, right? Because in terms of experiences, women are going to have wildly different experiences no matter what. What even if they're all cis, just due to race, class, and you know lived experience differences. Um, but if we're talking about like biology, I don't really know if there is like a male body with female parts, right? Our bodies are what they are because of the hormone washes we subject ourselves to. But trans women, when they take HRT, do get the female hormone washes. Eventually, after a long enough period of time, you know, a trans woman isn't like a male body that's experienced the hormone washes. It's a like more of a female body that has some differences that are more in line with the biological presentation of a man. You know, like it'd be, oh, you're a bit taller than normal. Your bone density is different than normal. And I don't know what the difference is functionally from a trans woman who takes longer to grow into some of the physical features of biological femalehood than, say, for example, a cis woman who has a delayed puberty 
and doesn't achieve those characteristics for quite a while as a product of just internal processes. And I'm also realizing now that Zoom is about to cut out. I have to send you a new thing. I think we have like two <laughs> seconds. I know. Oh, wow. I really called that one. That that wasn't me that closed it. It just closed itself. I uh, whew, cut that one a little tight right there. Woo. That, yeah, it just shuts off. I have never had this issue with Zoom before. I'm not using Zoom again. This is gigacucked. Invite, copy, invite link. Hopefully you guys are enjoying this combo. I know it's not super blood sportsy or whatever, but like obviously he's he's in good faith. You know, we have disagreements, but um, it's important to know how to discuss these issues that are beyond just like epically owning people with logical fallacies or, or like to catch logical fallacies or whatever with, with epic dunks or... He seems pretty open to trans rights. Yeah, well, Kendon is, like, the only person that I've talked to when he says, like, I don't think trans women are women, but I don't think they should be discriminated against, and I think he, I, like, I believe him when he says that. You know what I mean? Maybe you guys don't. I, I do. I do genuinely believe that. Now, that doesn't mean there's no harm to his beliefs. I still think that there is. I just mean, when I believe him when he says that, you know. I think he's hiding his power. I don't think he's hiding his power level. I mean, I could be wrong. You know, at the end of the day, you push against the ideas, but... Vashi makes six figures by the Zoom thingy. Listen, just because I make six figures doesn't mean I want to spend $20 a month on something that Discord does just as well for free. Zoom is fucking ridiculous. Are you fucking kidding me? $20 a month for the privilege of hosting web calls for more than 40 minutes without being dropped off? Like, is this a joke? Like, this is something that, like, ev like everything else can do for free, and they want $20? Vosh Zoom can host 300 plus people. I don't need 300 plus people. Also, then why not just tie the business account subscription model to, to needing to put that many people in call? If the thing that makes Zoom special is the number of people in the call, then why not say like, yeah, you need a business pro account to have more than 15 people in the call or something. That would be fine. Yeah, it's a part of corporate culture. Yeah, like everyone uses the overpriced apps because they get told to. Corporate says everyone has to get like the Zoom thing so everyone can do it. And then, yeah. Is there a reason you're not using Discord? We're talking to a boomer. By which I mean a Gen Xer who's slightly older than me. Another Gen Xer who is older than I am. You are a millennial though? Oh wait, sorry. Gen X is a millennial. It's my bad. I'm thinking of, um, yeah, millennials. He's a millennial, not a Gen Xer. I'm the, um... I'm in the group of like the younger millennials. I'm 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 almost as young as you can be without being a zoomer. I think if you were, if I was like three years younger, I'd be a zoomer. Hello, Hello. again. <laughs> God I'm help sorry. us. I need to invest in Discord or something, or just you know we'll, we'll deal with this later. So yeah, um, you were talking about how um the, the last point you got was uh, you, we were talking about how uh, the you talked about medical distinctions, uh, if I remember rightly, and you were saying about how um. Uh, if some, you didn't know the difference between someone who transitions physically later in life to someone who's born that way, um, I would suggest that the fact that they experience their formative years as someone male um, means that they have a different view of the world um, and therefore they, they fall outside of the category. But that's but a social also, distinction. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That was impulsive. Uh, no, 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 no. That's fair, that's fair enough. I'm just talking shit. I mean, there's always that possibility. Uh, but the other thing as well is that because we keep mentioning the whole about physical transition and things like that, but are we not in danger of, I've heard this phrase used by other people, transmedicalism, the idea that because because woman is a social construct, therefore you don't have to physically transition to call yourself a woman. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot about hormones. We've talked a lot about brain sex. We've talked a lot about gentle sex. 
But there are plenty of trans activists that I've encountered on the interwebs who would suggest that you don't actually need to physically transition at all, that you can simply dress a certain way or, you know, adopt suitable pronouns and then that's enough. I mean, is there, as someone who's completely ignorant of the minutiae of these arguments, is it someone, uh, is this a, a fair point to make? Is it a fair question to ask? I mean, what's what's going on there? No, I completely agree with that. Yeah, I don't think that medical transition is necessary in any way. I'm only pointing it out and talking about it because I think that it pokes holes in the sex prescriptivism argument. The idea that, um, you know, there are these two concrete, distinctive categories in sex just isn't really true, even with cis people. So you add in medical transition, it gets even more muddied. Um, but in terms of the social element, if it is a social element, and I think it is because you just said right there um, that you think the meaningful difference between somebody who transitions later in life and somebody who is just like late development with puberty, the difference there for you would be that they had different grown like experiences growing up. But you would never say that a cis woman isn't a woman because they got treated as a man by parents who just decided to do so. So it seems like this is a kind of an arbitrary categorization where we're saying that the early life social experiences are prescriptive when we talk about trans people, but descriptive when we talk about cis people, where cis people can have wildly varied early life experiences with regards to their gender identity, but that's fine because they're all still women or men at the end of the day. But then when trans people have it, then it becomes prescriptive. Well, you know, maybe you're a woman now socially, but you weren't when you were younger. So that's a, a point against you. Um, for the social argument, uh, I just, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, it, it is a purely social phenomenon. I think when a person says they're a woman, what they're really saying is like a, a woman is like a social category that I would like to be treated as part of. And I would like to think of myself and be thought of as part of. Um, and insofar as that's the case, I don't think that any medical transition is necessary. Right, okay. Well, here's... I, I would pick up on that and just run with it, because um, there have been cases of people abusing that particular ideological um, tenet. Um, I'm sure you've probably commented on this in other videos and with other people, but there's also been, there's been a case of the um, the Scottish Prison Service has had to deal with male sex offenders who identify as trans women falsely i'm not suggesting that you know they are trans women just so they could be transferred into a woman in only space and there has been um hazards born of that i dare say you've got you've got the internet connection that's probably better than mine you can probably look this one up where because they identify as women but don't make any attempt to transition or make any attempt to live as women they have to be treated as women by the state under Scottish law, have been transferred into a women's only prison. I mean, we segregate the sexes for a reason. And they have abused their newfound freedom, shall we say, to of self-identity. Is that not, I mean, we talked about harm earlier, not necessarily just, not just mainly to trans women, um, but is it not, are we not in danger of, if we abandon all categorization, um, you know, creating harm for multiple groups of people, not just trans women. I mean, is that a fair counter argument, do you think? Um, I think that there are upsides and downsides. So it, what you're referring to here, so just so my audience knows, this is, an, uh, this is an actual example of bad faith categorization. The Scottish Prison Service is very progressive when it comes to trans issues, and there were uh, incidents where um, assigned male at birth prisoners would identify as female to get put in female prisons, 
and then they would go back to identifying as men when released. So very obviously, they wanted to go to a female prison rather than a male prison, which, like, you know, fairly straightforward. Yeah, so that, that's that's an actual thing that happened. Now, I don't know if that led to, like, a, like a preponderance of rape or sexual assault there, but I, I think it's still, like, the bad faith use of that system is, is still something worthy of concern. I think this is something that can be mitigated a little bit with some kind of social gatekeeping. Like you need to have given evidence that you've presented as or lived as a woman for some length of time, you know? Something to give the courts a little bit to like chew into. Maybe, maybe not. Even if we were to disclose that and um and 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 just have it as is, the way the Scottish prisons do, I think that this is still preferable to the alternative because I would rather have men disingenuously identify as women to go into women's prisons and, you know, live their sentence out there, as opposed to what does happen in a lot of prisons, which is that trans women get sent to men's prisons. And what that often leads to is like an unbelievable surge in the sexual uh, violence that they experience. It's near guaranteed, well, maybe that's an exaggeration. It's very likely that a trans woman an authentic trans woman who goes to a male prison will be subjected to sexual violence, whereas it's not a guarantee that a, um, a cis man who disingenuously identifies as a trans woman sent to a woman's prison might commit violence. So in this, it's, it's just a numbers game at that point. I think there are mm -hmm. ways to mitigate the problem. It's just one of those issues where it seems like there are ways to abuse the system or get hurt either way, and we just have to lean wherever the less hurt is done. Okay, um, the next question, the question I would ask that's based on that is this. Given the fact that um, there's, there's often, if anybody asks, you know, when everybody, this conversation, this particular topic comes up, um, what you're suggesting there is that you, you know, you have to live as a woman for a while, you have to go for psychiatric counselling and things like that. I've heard many trans activists on, admittedly online, because obviously where else am I going to meet these people, mm. um, argue that they don't need to justify themselves at all, that you just have to accept them as women and that's it. Um, if I were to counteract that, usually in conversation with them, um, they would suggest that, you know, I'm being transphobic by insisting that they go for psychiatric counselling because it implies that um, gender dysphoria, well, first of all, that all transgender people suffer from gender dysphoria it also implies that gender dysphoria you know that they're suffering from mental illness and therefore it somehow delegitimizes transgender the transgender identity by insisting that they seek counseling um so how do you i mean i'm not put, trying to put you on the spot here but what would your counter argument to that claim be because i think it's perfectly reasonable um for someone who experienced first of all i think that people who are transgender must experience gen, gender dysphoria to be transgender i mean i thought that was the whole point but is it is it not reasonable to insist that they go and seek counseling for their their self-perception or their the conflict between their gender identity and their their biological sex um, because I mean, there are plenty of activists who think it is unreasonable. So I'm just curious, what, what, how could you, how could you mitigate the problem that you've just identified without offending trans activists? Because I know there would be trans activists that would be offended by the suggestion that there needs to be oversight in that regard. When it comes to institutional segregation, like between men and women's prisons or men and women's sports, stuff like that, I'm okay with there being some level of gatekeeping because I think it's reasonable that the state should have some metric for identifying the legitimacy of your claim that you're this, that, or the other. I think that's fine. I think it's an acceptable... Now, where that line would be, I don't know. But I think I can, I th I can see good arguments for it. Um, in terms of, like, being accepted as trans, like, in a broader sense, socially, I don't think medical counsel is necessary. 
Um, now, I think it's often a good idea. Don't get me wrong. I'm not discouraging uh, medical counsel as a, you know, as a, as a resource. Um, but I don't think it should be considered strictly necessary. Um, there's a, a pretty strong medical, you know, financial gatekeep in the States. It's often incredibly expensive to get anywhere near the, the level of counseling that would be helpful to a lot of people. So for, 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 so this, this is often like an access thing. If a person has like strong personal belief that they're trans, you know, and they think like, well, I could go through like $6,000 of like, you know, um, like patient care and like, uh, you know, follow-up visits to make sure. And then they're like, okay, well, do I want to be in debt for the next 10 years over this? Maybe not. And they just get HRT. You know, you and I could get, uh, hormones easy peasy. Uh, a lot of stuff that trans people have to fight to get, we could get like, with very little effort. All we have to do is go to a doctor and like give some symptoms of low testosterone to them and we'll get prescribed testosterone, you know? Um, but trans men I'm often have to fight I'm not sure that. that's true in the UK. I'd have to look that one up. Maybe, Maybe not in the, the UK. States, in, in the States, yeah. if you're cis, you have relatively easy access to stuff that a lot of trans people have to like fight to get because for us, it's just like par for the course, you know? Um, they call it facial feminization surgery for trans women, but then when cis women get like their jaw or their nose shaped, it's just like plastic surgery, right? You know, incel dudes will get their uh, jaw lines flared out and will get like, you know, this, that, or the other done, or they'll be made taller. They'll get that knee break surgery that you can get done in Malaysia or something. And that's Please? just- that's a, that's a thing. Yeah, they break your uh, they break your, your shin, I think, and they, they do some magic to extend it. I don't, you, I don't know, I, you know, it's wild stuff, but ultimately this is gender affirming care. Women aren't going out there getting their legs broken to look taller. Men are. And they're not doing it so they can be better at, you know, like getting stuff off the top shelf. They're doing it so they can right, pick up chicks. Yeah. Right, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing it because they want to feel more like a man. This is gender-affirming surgery. We all do it, you know. Um, but no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with, with, you know, a fair degree of um, uh, uh, um, arbitrariety when it comes to, like, well you know, who's considered trans or a woman or a man. I don't place much value in the categories outside of like what a person is saying they want to be treated as, what category they want to be made a part of. And anything that requires sort of institutional supervision, maybe then you can justify some degree of gatekeeping, but it would depend on what that is. Hmm. Well, no, because there's another thing as well. You talk about if they feel really strongly transgender, um, the, the argument for psychiatric counseling would be that it is possible for someone to feel that they are transgender but they're not actually transgender, which offends a lot of trans activists. I mean, the, the word that I've I've learned in recent months on this about this issue is um, detransition. You must have heard of this phenomenon, where people actually go through physical changes um, because they think they're transgender, and then they stop because they have a revelation where they realise they're not actually transgender. Now, if all you're doing is taking hormones, and that can be self-correcting because you just stop taking the hormones, and as far as I'm aware, most of the physical changes will disappear because you're not producing the hormones to facilitate to, to maintain those changes. But if you have like proper surgery, like top surgery, bottom surgery, and all sorts of things, that's permanent. There's no way you can get that 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 equipment back, you know. So it it make it does bother me a lot that I, I think we're being too uh, too quick on this. I think we're not we're not having a proper conversation as a culture. I mean, I know America is a different culture from Britain, but I don't think we're having uh, a broad, open, and honest conversation about this because the the damage. I mean, you, know, you talk about doing the least harm we might end up doing harm to people who get sucked into this and not really consider the consequences. That's why I would suggest that counselling would be essential. 
if only because if they do regret, you know, to make sure that they're not going to regret it later. Um, maybe is that a valid counterpoint or? Well, I think it's something worth consideration. But what often doesn't get discussed with regards to detransitioners is that the rate of post-surgical regret for gender-related surgeries tends to be lower than the rate of regret for other types of surgeries. That is to say, generally speaking, when people take, uh, you know, get bottom surgery or top surgery, or when they get their hormones done, overwhelmingly they like it. And the majority of the reason why people detransition is usually due to uh, social discrimination or cost. There have been studies done on why detransitioners, uh, well, detransition, and a lot of it is just because they don't have the money to continue with transition or because they're facing a lot of social pressure for their efforts. So I think that people who detransition should be taken seriously and listened to. But in terms of the available data we have, when people do go down that road, whether it be uh, puberty blockers, hormones, or any kind of like real, like, uh, permanent surgery, um, the evidence we have is overwhelmingly positive that generally it's not regretted and that when it is regretted, it's often at a lower rate than other surgeries and for reasons that aren't because they weren't actually trans or whatever. Okay, well, fair enough. I mean, I'll have to look at the, num at the numbers on that one, but I will, I will concede that point then. Um, there was something else um, I wanted to talk about. It's the flow in my head. That's brilliant, isn't it? How to maintain, how to fail in a conversation. You just forget what, what your point was going to be. I've enjoyed the um, conversation. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely no. Well, here, I was going to say the, um, uh, there's another point that also brings it up where, you know, because you often hear people say that, you know, transgenderism is a mental illness and all that sort of thing. And I don't, I don't want to get down that path. It's just too, it, it's just, it, it's not, it, first of all, I don't think that it is, but also I don't think that it's helpful, even if you do believe that sort of thing, sort of like discuss that point. Um, but there is an idea that even if you do physically transition, so you go through the surgeries and the hormones, that you, you your gender dysphoria is maintained that it doesn't actually cure you of your dysphoria again i don't know what the numbers are like on that one but um the idea like someone like uh, Bla um, laverne cox or blair white who looks pretty you know pretty womanly from a distance right uh, or even up close um they can people like that could still experience gender dysphoria even though they go through all the surgeries and the hormones um i don't know do you, do you have any point on that because i mean it does it does. It does bother me a lot that if we don't, if we're not honest about all the little details, that we might end up doing damage. Because you, you did say something about how uh, people regret their surgeries afterwards. Is it not possible that they regret their surgeries because the surgeries don't actually fix the problem, which is the gender dysphoria? I mean, is, I, I would I would suggest that's a valid point to raise, even if there isn't much evidence. Uh, no, I, I, it it mitigates it. I don't know if it always fixes it one hundred percent of the time. Um, and this is one of the reasons why I do still recommend counseling for trans people if they feel it, you know, prudent, in large part because oftentimes a lot of the negative feelings trans people have for themselves are a social phenomena, you know? Like, I feel like there's a strong distinction between medical or, or I guess sexual dysphoria and social dysphoria, where, like, maybe it's like, say, for example, that you could you, you had a trans woman or something and it's in the future, right? It's 100 years in the future. And uh, when when they're 18, they, they finally are able to do the magical sex change surgery. And it like f they get put in the box and they come out and they're biologically a cis woman, you know, kablamo. They just, you know, now in a sexual sense, this would effectively cure any sense of dysphoria they could possibly have because they would be biologically indistinguishable from, from a cis woman, but they would probably still carry scars from 18 years or, or whatever, you know, 
of 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 um you know feeling negatively about their 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 birth sex and i feel like sometimes stuff like that can can be a little more difficult to fix i, I think any major issue like this should be accompanied with therapy if, if possible but the evidence we have suggests that transitioning does help tremendously um that overwhelmingly you know well across well, the board I, I, yeah. imagine, I imagine that it does a lot because if you if you when you look in the mirror you see the person you're supposed to be and that, that's the idea isn't it so yeah i imagine it would do but i mean this is excuse me steam has popped up for no discernible reason yeah. no yeah no I, I, I agree i think it's kind of like a more serious version of how a lot of like cis people feel whenever they have different goals for their body you know a lot of people feel really negatively like suicidally negatively about like if they're too fat or if they don't think they're muscular enough or if they, they don't they don't think they look the right way or whatever you know um and even if they do some crazy rocky like workout regimen and they end up looking exactly how they want to what you see in a lot of like bodybuilders or whatever is that they're still really oh, yeah. the depression rate among bodybuilders i didn't realize this was a thing i mean i know that obviously they've got body issues that's why they turn themselves into jacked monsters right but i know i had no idea that the drug addiction the alcoholism which is a form of drug addiction of course the suicide rate was so horrendous and it's not just because of the you know they're not just ruined by testosterone and things like that but they just even when they achieve what they think of as physical perfection they still hate themselves yeah they're, de they're depressed they feel, they feel compelled to constantly lift weights and they end up doing too much tea and dive there's a whole space. I mean, this we're wandering away from the original topic, but um, I don't know if you ever watched WWE. I never did. But there's a whole slew of wrestlers that were famous in the 1980s who all died of heart attacks in their 50s because they were jacked up on testosterone to give themselves that, you know, WWE physique. And I just think, why, why would you do that to yourselves? And a lot of them, they did send into drugs as well and things like that. So there's clearly... Um, uh, you know, body issues are not an exclusively womanly thing. You know, I know I recognize that guys can suffer from anorexia and things like that. So, um, well, yeah, I mean, it's quite, what I, sorry, what I mean is because trans people, um, a lot of them should have gotten therapy, right? Because a lot of them, yeah. even at the lower end, like you have guys who go from fat to fit or whatever. And like, that's good. Like you can celebrate that, right? But if they're still insecure at the end of the day, you wouldn't then go say like, oh, well, I guess getting fit didn't matter. You know, it was it's a tandem thing. You know, you have to deal with that. And you also have to deal with the feelings of insecurity you developed f from your self-perception. And I think that's what we see often in when it comes to like depression or unhappiness in, in trans people. You know, it's not just where their body's at. It's also where their mind's at after having not had their body where they wanted it to be for so long, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh no. But so, let, well, let's tie that back into um, the whole the trans woman debate. Whereas, if you've got somebody who, um, you know, because I don't, I don't want people to suffer. You know, you've only got one life, and you know, it's not very long. So, you know, if ultimately it doesn't really bother me. If so, I, I'm happy to use adopted names or adopted pronouns and things like. That. I couldn't give a monkey's life's too short. I'm, I'm more worried about what I'm having for dinner than I am about you know what you identify as really. But. When someone can't physically transition because they don't have the money or the access to the facilities, or if someone, even if they have transitioned, doesn't really pass, you know, they don't, you know, they don't look like women. For real. I mean, you've um, you've met, you've spoken with Blair White, for example. Blair White looks like a woman from like ten yards away, I would argue. Um, so she's one of the more like sort of more successful, if that's even the right adjective. Uh, but she's one of the ones that can pass. Um, if someone can't pass. And if so, or if someone would like to pass but can't afford the surgeries, etc., how how do you deal with that social phenomenon? Because if they believe, because they suffer from gender dysphoria, that 
they're not the sex to which they should that, that, they, that they should be. How do you make them fit into society? How do you put them into the category of woman and get other people to accept it? Because, of course, that, that was the hurdle you mentioned earlier, is the fact that society isn't willing to accept these, these people as women. How do, you, how, do you go, how do you leap over that hurdle? Because I don't think, that's, that, I don't think that conversation is really being had. It's the expectation, at least as, as I perceive it, and I admit that my perception is limited and subjective, is that you know, we're expected to just adopt new ideas, but there's no discussion of it. There's no real cultural change. It's almost like a top-down imposition of a new, well, maybe it's not new, but, you know, it's of a, of a belief system. And that's what's causing a lot of backlash against the, the, the trans activism and you know, the acceptance of transgender people, I would posit. Um, so, yeah, if you've got any pointers, feel free to throw them my way. It'll, it'll be great. I think it's a two-point thing. When it comes to the medical science of making trans women, you know, like, look more like cis women or pass or whatever, I think it's getting more advanced essentially by the day. Um, one of the biggest advances we have, of course, is now that, um, you know, hormone blockers are... Okay, you, you're still there. You've just not moved for a second. Okay, I am, just yeah, making, yeah, just sorry. making sure. Um, <laughs> hormone blockers used for younger people, uh, which often leads to them wanting to transition, you know, with hormones or whatever. Um, you, you, you're actually seeing a lot of older trans women now who are quite jealous because there are younger trans women who, who like, took hormone blockers and started transitioning at, like, 18 without having experienced male puberty. And from what I've seen, you know, a lot of the younger trans women who, who transitioned under those circumstances... <laughs> Um, are c completely indistinguishable from cis women. Um, mm. be because they, they literally never experienced a male puberty. And, of course, prepubescent, like, male and females look, like, pretty much the same. They look pretty much the yeah, same. Yeah, I mean, well, the prepubescent kids, they, you know, even if you, if you can dress them differently or whatever, but you can actually sort of mix and match, really. They don't have any distinctive sexual characteristics. It's even weird to use that phrase with prepubescent kids. It's just, it's just wrong. It just feels wrong to me. Yeah, they're just um, stupid and small, really. That's, and that's what they've got, you know. Uh, irritating gnomes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so, so yeah. without 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 the 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 like male puberty in the way, you know, um, I think uh, you know that that well, definitely improves. Yeah, yeah so I want, sorry, sorry, sorry for interrupting, but I want to no, pick up ahead. on this in case, in case the Zoom cuts out again, because um, I'm, I'm thinking there's a pop star, isn't there, from Germany? I think called Kim Petrus, um, who gets a lot of pride because obviously t this t um, June is Pride Month, and uh, she transitioned. Petrus is P-E-T-R-A-S. Who she she transitioned when she was like 12 or something daft and you can't tell from a distance you just can't tell um but the problem is that i've also heard it said that if you transition too early and you don't go through male puberty you don't develop um fully function oh i'm shrugging at how cis passing the, the the woman you mentioned is um oh, okay as i, I, show, as I show chat yeah because i because i hadn't heard of her Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, no, but if you don't develop um, adult male genitalia and you want to have bottom surgery, they actually tell you that you can't do it because you don't have enough. Basically, there isn't enough meat downstairs for them to create a vagina and a vaginal opening. So th this is another aspect. This is where the, the transgender argument gets a bit complicated because um, medicalizing children, asking them to go on hormone blockers, um, delaying or cancelling male puberty might actually do more harm because if you want to stop the feeling of gender dysphoria, 
if you get at it too early, there's a danger that if they want bottom surgery later, they can't have it, and that would actually exacerbate the existing problem. Is that not a reasonable argument or counterpoint to make? Because this is another thing as well, because it always goes back to kids, isn't it? The medical, you know, trans kids always comes up in this debate, but it ends up degenerating into a shouting match. So I can never really get to the bottom of the mystery, if you see what I mean. It's it's a potential concern, yeah, because the the material, like it's less material to work with for for the bottom surgery or whatever. I think normally when when this is talked about, the usual medical prescription is to take puberty blockers a little bit later into puberty, so that mm -hmm. you have enough. It's essentially stuff to work with um, for, for later medical intervention. Um, I think it's not always an issue. It's sometimes an issue. Um, it, it, all, it really comes down to, I guess, where like the medical practice lies, you know, like what sort of doctors decide tends to lead to the best outcomes. I would say, though, and this is I'm totally making this up on the fly, but from what I've experienced and who I've talked to, I have the feeling that if you talk to a lot of trans women and you had to ask them, like, okay, would you rather um, be physically indistinguishable from a cis woman, but live with a penis, or take a coin flip on whether you'll be able to pass as a cis woman, but potentially be able to get bottom surgery, I feel like a lot of them would go for the former, because a lot of them, I think, are far more interested in how they look when they look in the mirror and how they're treated when they talk to others than, like, the actual experience of getting railed in the pussy, which is still is still an option, right? Well, no, no, again, I'm making this up. I don't have any data, you know, but I, I, I think, because it's, it's, you know, different 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 priorities there, um, I think. And, you know, if you want to get railed, everyone has an ass, so that's, that's, that's always, always an option. Yes, um, well, uh, I mean, I, I, let, let, without dwelling too much on medical matters, I, I can imagine that being railed in the ass and being railed in the pussy, uh, not the same experience at all. No, probably uh, not exactly the same. Although I have no point. I mean, I, I can't reasonably compare, so maybe I'm unfair, maybe I'm unfair to make this point. Okay, this, is, this is where the conversation has gone. Um, <laughs> no, oh, no, no, really, really though. I, I, I oh, wait, you have frozen. Uh-oh, are we still here? Hello? You have, you have frozen. Can you hear me? I can, can hear, hear you. Still? You've frozen for me too, but we can hear each other. Uh-oh. There are, oh, we had a... We've oh. we frozen. Oh, well, this is no good. Uh, 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 now you've disappeared. No! I've not disappeared. It's almost as bad as... We're screaming at each other from two ends Awful. of, like, the wormhole. Where it's... The fuck it, the time vortex, so we're both reaching out to try to touch. This is so good. This is so good. But we're almost on two hours, too. Though, admittedly, like, at least 20 minutes of this has been um, e-dating starting pack. Dude, can you imagine what e-dating was like back in the day when people just had AIM, like, chat? You guys don't know. You Zoomers have no idea. It used to be, like, if you... Ah! <laughs> Yes. Oh, okay. We're yes. co we're coming up on damn near two hours anyway, and the fucking Zoom call is probably about to give us the ten minute warning anyway. So I, I, I um, as as much time as this call has been spent, you know, like screaming at Zoom. Um, yeah. Fuck. What was I saying? <laughs> or what were you saying? What was somebody saying? Um, uh, I was saying. What was my? What was the last point that I made? The last point that I made was anal. Because uh, we are talking about yeah, being railed in the ass and being railed in the pussy. That, that's what I remember. Right. And uh, there, there were profound differences between them. 
Um, and you mentioned something about the fact that if you are, if most um, trans women would rather not go with through bottom surgery as long as they were accepted as women publicly, rather than you know bother with downstairs as well as upstairs. And you were freely admitted that you were making that up, which is fair enough because I mean, how do you conduct a survey on that particular topic? <laughs> I don't know if there's that's, any data on that, that's, yeah, that's like, I was going to say that's a really weird question to ask, isn't it? Um, yeah, so I think uh, no, um, I actually, I actually, I could be totally wrong on this, you know. But I have a feeling that, like, a lot of the bottom dysphoria, for trans women specifically, comes down to the idea that you you got to have a pussy to be a woman or whatever. But if you, if you hypothetically, if you lived in a trans-positive society, which was like, oh yeah, some, like, you know, most women are pussies, some of them have dicks, you know, whatever. And those trans women um, could do the, the, the hormone blocker, no male puberty to transition hormones, so they all looked basically like cis women, you know, like they all passed really easily. I, I have a feeling that in that society, a lot of them just wouldn't care about getting bottom surgery. I have a feeling that like so much of it comes down to what people think they ought be and what they get treated as. But as long as they were treated and recognized as a woman sort of ubiquitously, um, I th <laughs> at least it would cut down on the numbers. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those things we'll have to see develop with time. Yeah, I'm sorry. The, the timer has just come up at yep, the top. There it, well, so, yeah, maybe that, that might be our timer anyway, because that's exactly two hours on the mark, and I have to uh, end the stream early, actually. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, right, so the only thing I was well, I, was, I would say is that um, uh, the, the, going back to the idea that some uh, women have penises and but even if most women have vaginas, there's also a question of um, sexual sexuality comes into question here. I mean, the traditional definition of homosexual is someone who's attracted to the same sex, but if your sex is male, even if you present as as a woman. Doesn't that mean that this is where you get that there's a phrase again that I've heard is cotton ceiling. Have you heard have you heard about this one? I mean, I assume you know what this phrase means. No, I actually don't know what that phrase means. Right. The cotton ceiling is a, a lot. Some trans women, trans activists specifically, object to the fact that um, some women, lesbians, sorry, won't have sex with them or even entertain the possibility of dating them because they don't have the right genitals. Um, to satisfy you know many sexual desires. I mean, it's something you could probably look up because I'm making up my definition on the fly. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so there's this idea that it, you know the concept of heterosexuality and homosexuality become fuzzy and might even disappear if you sort of blend women and trans women together. That would be my idea. So I'm just conscious of the fact that because we've only got like eight and a half minutes left. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to ramble too long because I want to get a response from you before before Zoom disappears. No, I totally um, I totally get that. Um, I I so I I guess I have personal experience here because I'm pan. So I've had sex with I guess most types of people, trans and cis, male and female. Oh, great! Well, then phenomenal. Then we then we speak as peers. Um, and it's well, that... not pan, but I've had I've I, I've had more than the uh, conventional, more, more than usual encounters, put it that way. Um, yeah, still so. good, you know, still brilliant and fun. Um, w with regards to the, because I have to not ramble here. Let me try to be pointed. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of complexities here. A lot of early in transition trans women will like try to find people to hook up with on a grinder because they're looking for gay or bi men who are, like, down with how they look, because a lot of early in transition women feel, uh, like, you know, they're, they're, they're early in, you know, there's, there's, there's less, I guess, in a social and physical sense, less woman to bite into in the perception of others, so they go that way. Um, when we're talking about trans women who, like, pass, though, the people who are attracted to them are pretty much, like, just people who are attracted to women, you know? Like, gay men don't go after trans women 
who pass. Gay men don't go after no, their th- wives. This is this is true. I mean, um, trans. I mean, it's, it's a bit crude, maybe, but um, trans women tend to feature on the straight side of porn sites, don't they? They don't. You don't find them on the gay section. Oh, I, oh, absolutely. When you see like you know, T girl gets railed, blah blah. You're never going to see that shit in gay Pornhub. You see that in straight Pornhub. And you know, obviously, sexuality is complicated and fluid. So it's you know, like I don't know what the, where the hard lines are here. But I think the reason for that is because, like, genitals aside, like the experience of having a sex with a trans woman is like having sex with a cis woman. Really, it's pretty much in terms of like how they act and like the basic, like everyone's different, you know. But I feel like what a lot of people are looking for isn't so much like genitalia as it is femininity or masculinity, you know, like straight guys aren't into buck angel right like buck angels like this big like muscular hairy yeah. fucking yeah, trans I, I guy know. yeah he's called the trampar isn't he I'm right yeah straight guys are not like you know busting nuts over that i think there there are a bunch of sex oriented signifiers that people look into when they're like deciding who they're attracted to or not deciding but you know when they when they're like working out who they're attracted to and a lot of those are derivative of biology some of them are just like vibes which is why they're you know you have like femboys that some straight mm-hmm. guys are into and some yeah. of them change depending on how far in you are into transition and i think i think it's complicated you know yeah but i was gonna say but are we not blending men um uh, primary and secondary sexual characteristics like for example buck angel has got the stubble and the muscle and the broad chest and the tattoos and things but downstairs very much you know still has has not gone through bottom surgery so yeah okay maybe um so a woman a straight woman might be attracted to buck angel if they didn't know who buck angel was but when it comes to horizontal naughtiness whatever you want to call it, um, they're pointed because they don't have, but Buck Angel doesn't have what a straight woman is typically looking for. I mean, there are obviously women who are prepared to go either way, but then I would argue that those women are bisexual um, because they're comfortable with either sexual configuration, for want of a better phrase. It's, it's, I mean, it's difficult to put down precisely. I mean, we the conflation of primary and secondary sexual characteristics isn't anything new though, right? Because femboys and muscular women have both been long sexualized, like, you know, those are, like, those are well configured in, you know, the, the annals of pornography in terms of who people are into, you know? Like, Obviously, a muscular woman, like a weightlifter woman, those are secondary sexual characteristics that are definitely in line with with masculine presentation, you know, for the most part. You have to work very hard as a cis woman to get muscular. Um, yeah, yeah, that's and, why a lot of them have to do tea, because they don't naturally produce the testosterone to build protein, bind protein to make muscle. Yeah, absolutely. Right, and a lot of, pe- a lot of um, people are into that. And you, you've got femboys, right? And a lot of these femboys have hip-to-waist ratios that would shame cis women, you know? They've got ridiculous... <laughs> they've got curves. And and they also, you know, they're, they're big floppy dicks. I think that sexuality is complicated. Is it... I don't know if you need to be bi to be into a trans woman. No, I mean, no, no, that's just... Because obviously it excludes, like, pansexual people and people like that, doesn't it? So and it's I'm, like, I'm biased, because I can't even form a strong distinction because I am pan. So I don't even know, like, I I wouldn't know. All I know is that at the end of the day, you know, you do have trans women on the straight side of Pornhub. So whatever people, whatever lines people are falling on, you know, it it seems like with some variants, um, people, you know, people people tend to be attracted to trans people in line with their gender broadly, you know? Mm. But that can vary, you know, and I think as long as people are being treated well, I don't think there's anything transphobic about genital preferences, by the way, you know, if you're not into dick, 
um you know that's that's life i don't see any sense well in you, you can't really that. help that can you it's not a conscious or poli conscious political choice to 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 shun the schlong it's uh you know you you either what you're either into that or you're not you know it's it's a it's a biological imperative or an impulse it's not it's nothing to be um you can't be chastised for it any more than you can't you can't be chastised for being you shouldn't be chastised for being gay you know it's a natural it's a natural state of being a condition yeah so if you are exclusively homosexual it's no good, you know, having them sending them to, you know, as we used to arrest them and send them to prison. It's like, why, why are you arresting? You know, they're not doing any harm, and it's their nature. What, what is the point of this? Uh, it makes no sense. It, it, it solves nothing, and it doesn't like. It's not like it cures them. It's not like they spend five years inside and then come out cured of their gayness. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. So yeah, I, here we go. Um, no, I, I yeah, I, I think you know, it's as long as people aren't weird about like being disinterested in it, you know. Um, yeah. it's, and I, I think trans women would generally prefer to be with people who are okay with women with dicks. You know, it's at the end of the day, like it, arguing over other people's attraction is kind of wasted time because what, what are you looking for at the end of the day? Right. Like begrudging acceptance. I mean, surely that's not somebody you want to have sex with. Right. Somebody who's like, well, exactly. So, okay. I, I, will put, I will put, I will put up with your penis is not exactly an endearing or romantic statement, is it? I mean, um, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um we're we're well, we're cut. We've I think we've done it. We we overcame a myriad <laughs> technical issues. Right, okay. Well, I mean, so you, you if you don't want to say a bit well, I'm just gonna say it's been a it's been lovely to speak to you again, uh Vosh. Um it's been uh, I hope we do this again. I'm gonna have to invest in Discord, I think, because although I, I admire your your Zoom um your zoom abilities I it's think. a yeah it's a cheap investment you know it's only it's you know the stark cost of free um i would be delighted to talk with you in the future never used discord in my life uh but then i've never been on 4chan either and apparently i don't want to be uh no so i, I don't know i don't know these things i'm i i know people are going to call me a boomer even though i'm a, a millennial but never mind uh, i don't i don't understand the internet Vosh. that's my biggest problem i don't understand it so, um, yeah, I mean, it's been a pleasure to talk to you again. I hope we talk again soon. Oh, one last question before the time runs out. Right. Have you painted any of your Adeptus Mechanicus models? Uh, yeah, I've only got not not even half of them. Uh, but we've got the walker over there, a captain. Find a model, find a model. Show me, come on. Show me. Uh, I'll bring him up close. Here, we've got we've got 60 seconds. Hold on. Come Hold on. on. Let's do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Come on. Oh, hello. Um, oh, I forget what the walker's called. Uh, oh, very well done. Very well Wait, done. Yes. The uh, this is, there we I go. I don't know if you can, you probably can't see it. This is one of my Death Guard um, box, um, box by, but, oh, that's beautifully done. Well done. Thank you. Welcome to the hobby. Welcome yeah, I haven't, hobby, I haven't sir. done the base yet. I really have to do that. Yeah, the base is a bit plain, but otherwise it's still functional as a chest. I mean, I don't, this is one of my Nurgle um, Death Guard. There we go. I don't know if you can see that. No, I can see it. Up. Lighting's bad, but I can still see it proper. Yeah, so there we go. No, there you go. So yeah, welcome to the hobby. You'll be spending a fortune on this stuff. We've been tyrannids as well recently, so there's that as well. Uh, as long right, as people okay, who then. donate know where the money goes, it's going to. Well, I really enjoyed that conversation. You know, I feel like I feel like so often when we have conversations about trans issues, there I feel like I'm arguing with like paid propagandists whose job it is to seed hate and when i talk with him i just i talk with like kind of an aggregate of like positions i disagree with but being presented like at a nor like by like an actual human instead of some kind of freakish bring him back no but it was so it was so poetic <laughs>